It's really sad, so discouraging, that our great country is becoming a third-rate power. Think about it. We don't have enough baby food. We have no control of our border. We're losing wars overseas, Afghanistan. And we have, in my opinion, a corrupt president. These are the hallmarks of a country in decline. I saw it for myself firsthand, a country in decline, back in the 1980s when I visited Russia. This was the old system, the communist system, and man, oh man, it was screwed up there. They had shortages, people looked at me like I was some sort of millionaire from overseas because of my sneakers. It was crazy. They had nothing over there, and still they've got big problems. They wait on lines for Little things like, um, well, cash from an ATM, all kinds of problems uh, that we are now becoming acquainted with in this country. You notice, for the longest time, we had addiction, but it wasn't an epidemic. Russia, famous for alcoholism. It's one of the reasons why they're screwing up so bad in Ukraine. Drunk soldiers all over the place. Now we are in the full swings of this opioid epidemic. It's getting worse, just like President Trump warned it would. It's happened. It has happened. Take a look at these numbers from 2021 from the CDC. Opioid overdoses up 15%. That was up from 2020, which saw a 30% increase. And last year, overall, more overdose deaths than we've ever had before. This is not a country on the rise. We have that happening at home, sometimes on the streets, and also on the streets, this looks like the insurgency in Iraq. Take a look at this. Gunmen jumping out of cars, opening fire with heavy weapons at a gas station. I mean, look, we heard of drive-bys, but they happened at night and in a handful of neighborhoods in the entire country. We see this every day. Unsolved, by the way, as is this. It happened um, a few weeks ago in Tampa, Florida. I mean, this does. I almost get flashbacks to Afghanistan, to Iraq, especially Iraq. I was only in Afghanistan for about three days. Iraq, uh, much longer. And that's what they look like, the Al-Quds, the, the, the terrorists. Anyway, this is crazy. Oh, and what's going to fix it? Not this. I guarantee you. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, to every governor, every mayor, every county official, the need is clear. My message is clear. <clears throat> Spend this money now that you have. Use these funds we've made available to you to prioritize <clears throat> public safety. Do it quickly before the summer when crime rates typically surge. Taking action today is going to save lives tomorrow. So use the money. Hire the police officers. Build up your emergency response systems. Invest in proven solutions. You think that's going to fix it? Money? Throwing some money at it? Our police departments, our law enforcement, actually survived the defund wave that this guy helped encourage. But this, this is what damaged law enforcement. Disrespect that Democrats and the far left encouraged. They delegitimized authority in this country. You can't fix this with money, folks. And it's a problem that Joe Biden, he led. He led in its creation. By the way, he had a crummy week. I mean, he's always been out of it, but now something's gotta happen. The number one threat is the strength, and that strength that we build is inflation. More buildings, more 
territory has been burned to the ground this year than an entire state of New Jersey, from New York all the way down to Virginia. Remember those long lines you'd see on television? People lining up in all kinds of vehicles just to get a box of food in their trunk. How quickly we forget. This was the person who was supposed to restore normalcy, right? He's erratic. He's obviously in decline. And I thought when I saw this, because all of these happened this week, this, these are very bizarre moments. Donald Trump, January 12th, down at the border. He was emphasizing it all the way to the very end of his first term. He brought up something kind of interesting and I think could be applicable after all. I'd like to say that free speech is under assault like never before. The 25th Amendment is of zero risk to me, but will come back to haunt Joe Biden and the Biden administration. As the expression goes, be careful what you wish for. 25th Amendment, which provides for removing a president who is incapacitated. And it doesn't seem so theoretical or hypothetical anymore. All right. Getting back to the overall situation, yes, a country in decline. Of course, for so long, we were a country on the rise and we did amazing things, right? Do we need a review? We invented the airplane. We won World War II, all right? These are spectacular accomplishments, the envy of the world. We went to the moon. Buzz Aldrin, there he is, getting off the lunar module, Apollo 11, July 1969. We beat communism. There comes the Berlin Wall. These are amazing, amazing accomplishments. We did them. What have we done lately? Really, what's going on? It seems to me nobody wants to really work or sweat it out from our, our interns to our presidents. What do we wanna do? Hang out and consume content and probably get high. We legalize this stuff without thinking about it. Where's the hard work? Where is the Anxiousness, I mean, anxiousness that actually leads to productivity. Our political leaders today, they don't work, they pose, they pose for the camera. And you can go from basically nobody to vice president or even president in not much time anymore. It wasn't always this way. One of the greatest presidents of my lifetime, of course, Ronald Reagan, greatest president in the history of our country, I believe. Do you know he really sweated it out to become president? He only won on his third time. People forget. He ran unsuccessfully. Oh, yeah, he made a big try for it in 1968. He tried again in 1976 against Gerald Ford. Three, the third time was the charm. This is a guy who wanted it and had time to think about the president he wanted to be. Now we have, well, people like Barack Obama, who go from zero to hero in, uh, well, how long did it take Barack Obama, actually? Not much time at all. Uh, January 4th, 2005, he's, uh, he becomes a United States Senator. Four years later, he's President of the United States with a remarkably, obviously, thin resume. People don't value accomplishment and excellence anymore. It's whether or not you look good on Instagram stories. I think we are a country that should still value excellence, accomplishment, achievement. Take a look at some resumes, all right, for a big job. This is, uh, well, I'd have to say this is a pretty impressive resume. Harvard University, UPenn doctor. Oh, this guy's a doctor, an MBA from Penn. Residency with Columbia University. Oh, that's, uh, 
That's a very prestigious post to be a doctor, a professor of surgery at Columbia, an attending physician. Now let's compare this resume to uh, someone else's. Hmm, seems a little sparse and um, not much detail. A veteran, a conference speaker, an adjunct professor, and an author. All right, let's put some names to these resumes, shall we? Yes, Dr. Roz and Kathy Barnett. Dr. Oz has led a life of excellence and achievement. And unlike Barack Obama, he didn't just rest on his laurels. He did stuff with his talents. Kathy Barnett, she actually reminds me more and more of Barack Obama. Now, let's take a look at them together. Uh, (laughs) The same pose, winner smile, interesting stories, right? They've got compelling stories. I don't want to elect any more stories. I want to elect competence. I want to elect people who have done things so they possibly will do things in the future. Barack Obama was not that guy and loses decisively. I mean, like by 30 points, he goes down. Now, when people lose, I don't know, you go back to your job and you get better. No, he just tried again at a higher level and he became a senator and actually pulled it off. Okay, it worked out for him. And that's kind of what Kathy Barnett seems to be doing because she ran in 2020, lost by 20 points, and now she thinks she can be a United States senator. A lot of baggage, though, that people are still finding out about because she wasn't sufficiently vetted by the press. Uh, Let's take a look. Barack Obama, she's a fan, you know. She wanted a statue of Barack Obama in Pennsylvania. In fact, she had a a petition. Take a look at this. Uh, The Emancipation Memorial statue. We propose erecting two new statues alongside the Emancipation Memorial statue. We recommend that one statue portrays our first African-American president, President Barack Obama. The worst president we've ever had, by the way. And whose idea was this? Kathy Barnett. Yes, that Kathy Barnett. So why is she exciting some people? Well, Barack Obama excited some people. And I think there's a, well, there's a component to this where people get very excited. If they're called racist, they get They don't want to be a racist. Nobody wants to be a racist, really, right? You're called a racist. It's very, that's a bad thing to be, and nobody is that. Nobody, nobody wants to believe that. And what's the way to show that you're not? If you happen to be white, voting for a person of color. That's a big chunk of the appeal of Barack Obama. You can say it's not, but that was, that's a fact. And also, I think the same thing is happening with Kathy Barnett. They're talking about her story, which quite frankly doesn't seem to check out, instead of her qualifications, what she's actually done with her life. People are dazzled by, oh, her identity, identity politics, skin color. Kathy Barnett says it out loud. Get my yard sign, get my palm card. If you're really hesitant about speaking, Get the palm card, pounce on your neighbor, and just hand them the card. And if they say, no, I don't want it, shame them. Really? You don't want to support the first black person? Are you a racist? Say it to them. That's what they say to you. Why do you think I put my little black face on my yard sign? Yeah, it's not funny. That's what's happening. It blew up in all of our faces with Barack Obama, right? Fooled a lot of people. I don't think, I don't think Pennsylvania should let this person fool them, but it's up to you. 
Stay with us. Do you remember Brooke Shields? Ooh. And those commercials helped make her famous. Well, a lot of things made her famous, the Blue Lagoon and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Calvin Klein has now taken a new direction with their advertising. The person who seems to be uh, a man with the belly is pregnant. Yeah, what's going on with that? It's Calvin Klein's new ad campaign, and it's gross. Why are they doing it? We'll be right back. Is, is that, that the these fake, fake news just doesn't get it, do they? <laughs> and the fake news, they go along with the White House's bizarre rules about what you can ask the president. So Joe Biden is around reporters actually more than you might think. But he has an announcement and then he makes it, well, you can only ask me about the announcement. He gets away with it. He says it. He says, watch. I want to thank you all. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. If you ask me something about I just spoke about, I'm happy to answer your question. That's it's charming for a moment. Maybe it's not. Uh, You can't ask them questions about anything other than the event that they want to talk about. What happened to uh, transparency? Right? No, no. We'd like to ask him about the laptop. (laughs) His beloved New York Times has verified it finally. We knew two years ago it was a real deal, but he has not been asked a single question about the laptop since becoming president. And that's a disgrace. All right. Speaking of disgraces, sorry. Uh, (laughs) She's done. Finally, after negotiating herself some sort of uh, deal at MSNBC while she's the White House press secretary, Not good, but she's patting herself on the back on the way out. What we talked about for the majority of our conversation was the the importance of returning integrity, respect, and civility uh, to the White House. That was her job interview with Joe Biden, integrity, respect, and civility. Return to the what? Integrity, respect, civility? No, 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 no. And even it happened today. She only calls on, for the most part, reporters in the front row who are friendly to her with certain exceptions that she can't avoid. But there are plenty of people who don't get called on, Uh, like this guy uh, for 15 months, Simon Ateba. Well, he's from a legitimate news organization. He has a White House pass. Listen to his frustration on her last day. Take a look. Sometime. Go ahead. Can I ask Thank you a question uh, from Zappa, the back? On the issue of the formula Jay, shortage. Can I ask you a question from the back? Please stop. I understand, but, Simon, you know, for 15 months, there's no formula. And I'm saying that for the sake of equity, we should First of all, thank you for your service, and thank you for your presence for your service as well. On the issue of formula, I think, if anything, this crisis has reminded everyone. Simon, if you could respect your colleagues and other media and reporters in here, that would be greatly appreciated. Go ahead, Mary. If anything, this, sir, Favorites were taken care of. Pests were mostly ignored. Jen Psaki, she could make the truth seem like a lie and the lie seem like truth. Uh, that was her M.O. Maybe uh, people will get a fairer shake from what's her name? Corrine Jean-Pierre. 
I don't know how enthusiastic she's going to be. She's kind of over it by now. Uh, I'm not impressed with her record as well. She's the deputy. She's going to be the press secretary, I think, on Monday. The president has the temperament of a toddler and the mind of a white supremacist. He knows that he's emboldening uh, racist and bigots. A white man with all of his privilege comes on stage and steps into our personal space. Donald Trump's racism is a toxic and dangerous brew. We've known Donald Trump has been a racist for a very long time. That is not surprising. When you look at those protests, Joy, um, of those folks who want to take over the Capitol because they want to reopen the government, they're mostly white men and they're mostly angry and they have so much hate. So in a sane world, comments like this would render her ineligible for federal service at such a high level. But in an insane world, these kinds of comments qualify you for a federal job at a very high level. It's sad. We'll be watching. All right. Who remembers Brooke Shields? Uh, great actress and model. And uh, well, this TV commercial 40 some years ago was considered very controversial for its time. comes between me and my Calvins? Nothing. Calvin Klein jeans. I think that's code for she's not wearing underwear. Um, this was considered scandalous. I mean, this was considered big news. The New York Times wrote about it. All the people who called up threatening to boycott and cancel this, that, and the other thing. Two New York television stations, uh, CBS and ABC, have banned a controversial Calvin Klein jeans commercial starring the actress Brooke Shield following a flood of viewer complaints about its suggestiveness. Again, I guess the lack of underwear was a big issue back then. Um, Where are we today? Calvin Klein jeans and underwear, this is how they market their stuff with transgender folks. Now you see the, the person holding the belly. All right. So let me see if I get this straight. That is a transgender woman. So born a man, took hormones or whatever to grow hair and now is pregnant, and I don't know the status or the gender of the other one, but this is what it's all about. And oh, if you look closely, that's Calvin Klein um, underwear, sweatpants, or something like this. And they got a catchy little slogan here. You ready? What does this make you think of? Uh, Can I read that, please? It's a little bit hard to read. We can reproduce biologically or from the heart. Our place is to love and be loved. And then there's another picture of people laying around in their underwear uh, there's the, I, I don't know. I prefer Brooke Shields in the tight pants. How about you guys? All right. Also CBS and a good chunk of the left leaning media still obsessed about an ordinary traffic stop that happened in Georgia. Take a look. This is the moment Liberty County Sheriff's deputies pulled over a bus of women's lacrosse players last month. After talking to the driver, the sheriff's deputy pokes his head into the bus. Ladies, how are y'all doing? When he returns to the car, he makes this remark to a fellow deputy. There's a bunch of dang schoolgirls on the bus. It's probably some weed. Maybe. The deputies then inform the driver they're going to search the luggage under the bus. 
One deputy brings out a drug-sniffing dog. They return to the bus to explain what's happening. There are times where we end up finding some children that are missing from their family. We find large amounts of money that nobody knows anything about. Okay, or large amounts of cocaine, marijuana, heroin, methamphetamines, anything like that, okay? If there is anything in y'all's luggage, we're probably going to find it, okay? I'm not looking for a little bit of marijuana, but I'm pretty sure you guys as chaperones are probably going to be disappointed in you if uh, we find any. Well, they didn't find any. I was watching this report, and I'm like, okay, when does somebody get beaten up here? Is somebody accidentally shot? What happened? Nothing happens. They don't find any drugs, and they say, okay, thanks. Have a nice day. These things happen. It's happened to me at least three times, at least. Anyway, these, these times, no, no, this is all politically uh, incorrect because these women are, for the most part, women of color, and the cop is a... Well, it's a white gentleman with a southern accent. So the optics are very bad. CBS is totally freaked out. That's just so wrong on so many levels. And at the end, the officer says, enjoy the rest of your day when you've just been stopped and just questioned and humiliated that that way. They were all very cooperative. They were all very cooperative cooperative because uh, they they believe that as the coach of the team, Ms. Jenkins said that uh, things could have gone Wrongly, yes, very yeah. quickly. they had not uh, been very as quickly. cooperative as they were. In the long list of, of people who should be upset about this, the people of Georgia should be upset because your, your officers have better things to do. What are yes. they doing on that? To bus? say thank you, have a nice day. How about you end it with I apologize for wasting your time? Wow, they've got a lot of beef here. Wrong in so many ways. The women were humiliated. Uh, it could have gone bad if they didn't cooperate. You're supposed to cooperate. Have a nice day. You can't even say have a nice day anymore. This kind of rhetoric, and by the way, none of them have any law enforcement experience. Look them up. They're all fake news, you know, resumes, uh, fake news jobs, except for the uh, the last guy. He was a football player. Uh, I don't get it. But this kind of conversation leads to moments like this, okay? Cops being disrespected everywhere they go in just performing a routine traffic stop. No. No, no. Joe Biden wants to throw money at police. Great, but that's not going to fix the problem. It is a cultural shift back to law and order that has to happen. All right. Netflix. Uh, You know what? Maybe I won't cancel Netflix after all. A couple of things. Uh, They had the Chappelle special. They stuck with it. You can still find it. And it's still funny. All of a sudden, this lesbian fellow stepped between us. That's my girl. I said, yo, yo, my man, back up. Come on. I laughed. I laugh. Uh, let's see. Uh, a lot of people who worked at Netflix did not. And they were upset and they walked off the job. And um, it looks like somebody there might be watching my show because I said, you got to fire all these people or at least give them the option. I mean, smarten up. What's going on here? Are you an entertainment company for a billion people or are you some sort of woke art project? They decided they're going to be an entertainment company for a billion people. Take a look at this, an internal memo. They say this, as employees, we support the principle that Netflix offers a diversity of stories, even if we find some titles counter to our own personal values. Depending on your role, you may need to work on titles you perceive to be harmful. Next, if you find it hard to support our content breath, 
Netflix may not be the best place for you. Finally, some sanity in Hollywood. That's a great, I, I'm not canceling Netflix. I'm gonna hang in there for the time being. And Chappelle, you can still stream it, and that's great. Okay, folks, stay with us. We have an update on the January 6th committee, that unselect committee, that corrupt committee, and what they should really be looking into, the death of Ashley Babbitt and a host of other issues instead of hassling Jim Jordan and others. We'll be right back. Anya Trump, from a small Slovenian town to the White House. Follow her journey and how she first met the Donald. Watch Melania Trump, a very beautiful first lady, this weekend on Newsmax TV. Who's the opposite? Do you want your house back? Take it! The January 6th committee has issued a subpoena for members of Congress. This is getting totally out of hand. They're wasting everybody's time. There are real questions to pursue, but they're not. They just want to do as much political damage as they can. Biggs, Perry, uh, McCarthy, Mel, Mo Brooks, and Jim Jordan, subpoenas to talk to them. Now, these guys were thinking about the Electoral Count Act of 1887, a provision under the law that says, Look, we can have a debate about the accuracy of the vote. It's provided for in the law. And Ted Cruz and Paul Gosar and others, they were following the law when they objected on January 6th. I, Paul Gosar from Arizona. For what Sport. purpose does the gentleman from Arizona rise? I rise up for myself and 60 of my colleagues to object to the counting of the electoral ballots from Arizona. Uh, is the objection in writing and signed by a senator? Yes, it is. It is. I still say those guys are heroes, not him, but Gosar and Cruz and the others. And they were doing it legally, following the law. You needed a House member and you needed a senator, had to be in writing, and they did it. They did what the Democrats couldn't do, but tried to do in the year 2000. Mr. President, and I take great pride in calling you that. Um, I must object because of the overwhelming evidence of official misconduct, <laughs> deliberate the fraud, chair, and an attempt the to chair suppress must remind Mr. President, I stand for the purpose of objecting to the counting of the vote from the state of Florida as read. On behalf and myself of the 27,000 voters of Duval County, in which 16,000 of them are African Americans that was disenfranchised in this last the, election. Uh, Mr. Vice President, I rise to object to the fraudulent 25 Florida electoral votes. So, one House member after the next did that, but they could not get a United States Senator to sign their document to stand up and support them, so it went nowhere. This is what the January 6th committee should really look into, because I believe there's a real chance that those protesters were let inside to stop the debate that had started. Gosar and Cruz, they were actually making progress, whereas the Democrats in 2000 made none. So the little cop who waved everybody in, who is that little cop? What was going on there? Why was he or she so aggressively waving people onto Capitol Hill? How about 
inside the Capitol where police officers allowed folks into the Capitol and just stood there as they walked by. Hello, welcome to the Capitol. Yeah, we're not doing anything. You're authorized to be here. That's what it would seem like to me. And how about, I think most egregiously, these three cops who are, it's a loud, chaotic situation, but they're not being harmed in any way. And they just walk away to take a coffee break. What the hell are they doing? And then everything goes bad. Why did they walk away? And a woman, as you know, was shot about 30 seconds later. Ashley Babbitt shot and killed right there by Lieutenant Michael Byrd. They gave him a gold medal. No real investigation. I think that if there was a dead person, as there was Ashley Babbitt, that meant that the debate would have to stop. You can't, you can't. It's not gonna continue with a dead person outside. This is what they have to look into. This is, these are questions that haven't been answered. Does it make sense? I hope so. But this corrupt January 6th committee, they're not looking at it that way. You got people like Adam and Liz, and they're just looking to make a name for themselves and also to take out whatever frustrations they have against Trump on Trump, um, and they really do, because these folks have been lying about Trump and what he did on January 6th. January 6th, he tweeted multiple times, stay home, peace, we can't have this anymore. And then he said it out loud throughout the afternoon, he tweeted, and he said it, he said it out loud. You wanna hear it? Let's hear it. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have peace, go home, please, go home. And Adam and Liz and so many others have lied about what President Trump said. Some said he didn't even say anything when he did. Here's Liz. The president could have at any moment walked those very few steps into the briefing room, gone on live television and told his supporters who were assaulting the Capitol to stop. He could have told them to stand down. He could have told them to go home. Uh, and he failed to do so. Uh, it's hard to imagine a more significant and more serious dereliction of duty uh, than that. Yeah, maybe she's being cute. Go on television. Well, he went on social media. That's better. Those people on Capitol Hill were not in their living rooms watching TV. They had their phones with them. He did it in the most effective way. Adam, Adam's even worse, all right? Adam doesn't even try to be cute about it. He just lies. For hours we were sitting there, the president didn't say a word. The president of the United States who runs the military, the commander in chief, if he says a word, things happen. To me, that was beyond the pale. Beyond the pale, beyond the pale. I don't even like that phrase. What, what does that even mean, beyond the pale? Here's what's beyond the pale. Hassling these lawmakers, all right? These guys, again, and so many others, hassling them, harassing them, when key questions about why that person was uh, not standing guard, why did they, Ashley Babbitt, those basic questions, that's what they should be doing. They're not doing it. Stay with us, we'll be right back. We're going to meet uh, a man running for the United States Senate in Pennsylvania, and boy, does he seem to have Kathy Barnett's number. Take a look at this. At a recent U.S. Senate debate, candidate Sean Gale called out Kathy Barnett for playing the race card on the campaign trail. And I think it's very disingenuous for Kathy Barnett to pretend that she's not running a campaign purely based on identity politics. And I'll prove it this way. There's seven candidates running for this race. 
He's not afraid to uh, go there. Sean Gale, Republican candidate for the United States Senate, joins us next. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back. It's the woke movement. Our country is bad. Our values are evil. Our history is deplorable. They want to destroy traditional America. Find out who's behind this movement in Woke America on Newsmax. Hey, we have a very competitive race for the United States Senate in Pennsylvania. The Republicans, uh, we have several candidates, including our next guest, Sean Gale. He is a Republican. He's a health care attorney and businessman. This is his first time running for statewide office. He made quite a splash in some of the debates. Uh, Mr. Gale, welcome to Newsmax. How are you? Thank you for having me on the program. I greatly appreciate it. You bet. Hey, do me a favor. First off, make the case for yourself. Why should you be the next U.S. senator from Pennsylvania? So when I announced my candidacy for this race, I did it because Pennsylvania cannot afford another Pat Toomey, another backstabbing rhino in Washington who lets us down time and time again. And we had that with our own spectrum before him, and we have it with him now. So my issue isn't just the Democrats. It's those weak Republicans who have failed us time and time again, and Pat Toomey is one of them. And I'm very concerned we're going to get Pat Toomey 2.0, and we cannot afford that in Pennsylvania. Now, one thing clear for your listeners, I am not another Pat Toomey. All right. So, look, everyone's talking about Kathy Barnett right now. She's shown some momentum in the polls. Anything can happen in politics. You're not out of this, Sean, by any means. But uh, give us your sense of Kathy Barnett. Who is she? And um, what do you think is going to happen here? Well, I, it kind of leads in with just exactly what I was saying. We can't afford another Pat Toomey. And when I look at what's happening right now, the Club for Growth, which is a pact that Pat Toomey chaired for years, just dumped $2 million into the Barnett campaign this last week. So that tells you exactly what she is, Toomey 2.0, and we can't afford that. And I've been on the campaign trail with her, and I'll tell you what, her whole campaign is based on one thing, and that's identity politics. And there's a video, it's shocking. She says to her supporters to pounce on your neighbor, hand them a palm card, and if they say they don't want it, shame them and call them racist. Now, that doesn't sound like a Republican. That sounds like a left-wing Democrat. And anybody who campaigns like a Democrat is going to vote like a Democrat. So I'm very concerned about Kathy Barnett. Well, you mentioned that clip. And uh, why don't we uh, why don't we show it to everybody? You just summarize it accurately, perfectly. But it is something it is something to see. So let's take that uh, that moment when she's uh, at that rally talking about her uh, yard signs. Get my yard sign. Get my palm card. If you're really hesitant about speaking. Get the palm card, pounce on your neighbor, and just hand them the card. And if they say, no, I don't want it, shame them. Really? You don't want to support the first black person? Are you a racist? Say it to them. That's what they say to you. Why do you think I put my little black face on my yard sign? <laughs> that is, uh, that, that does sound like a Democrat. Completely unacceptable. We cannot have that anywhere in politics. We should not have candidates weaponizing race against voters, especially their neighbors. Now, you say her whole campaign is about identity politics. Well, let's take a look at her resume for a moment. And I quite frankly think you're on to something because her resume is remarkably thin. These are the actual words from her resume. There's veteran, conference speaker, adjunct professor, no further details, when, where, what, nothing. Nothing. What do you I mean, what do you make of the lack of specificity and the vagueness and the holes and the gaps? What what's this happening? entire 
This entire primary, Kathy Barnett has been treated with kid gloves. But guess what? When the general election comes, the Democrats take the gloves off. It is going to be a brawl. And she is not going to hold up. And what we do know about her is, for example, she wanted to erect a statue of Barack Obama. And this is during 2020, when Donald Trump was running against Barack Obama's vice president, Joe Biden. Kathy Barnett wanted to erect a statue of Barack Obama for one reason. He was the first black president. Now, I was always raised, you judge somebody on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. But if you want to erect a statue of somebody purely based on the color of their skin, that's there's a word for that. That's racism. That's racist. Uh, because if we look at the content of character of Barack Obama, it does not deserve a statue. Certainly not. And talk about a playbook, actually. You mentioned the petition to get that statue. I think we have a picture of a, the statue, the Emancipation Plaza. And yes, there was this petition. And let's go ahead and put that up on the screen if we have it. Uh, well, Kathy Barnett started this petition. And do me a favor. Let's go ahead and take a look at specifically what it was calling for. Next up, it says, well, it basically says this will be a Barack Obama statue. And here we go. We propose erecting two new statues alongside the Emancipation Memorial statue. We recommend that one statue portrays our first African-American president, President Barack Obama. Have you met her in person? What is she like? I mean, quite frankly, this all seems rather weird. Unfortunately, I've had to see this for several years now because I live in the congressional district that she ran in in 2020. And she did the same exact thing. She tried to play the race card. In fact, that video was from 2020. That's when she did that. She just continues to do it. But it didn't work then. She went on to lose by 20 points. So it's actually nothing new as far as she's been doing this and been getting away with it for a long time. But in this last week, we're seeing a lot surface. And it's very, very concerning. And clearly, she's unelectable in the general election. But my biggest concern right now is all that money from the Toomey pack going into Barnett, the Club for Growth. That is a serious problem. We can't have another Pat Toomey. He voted to yeah. convict Trump. He voted against funding the border wall. We can't afford another Republican like that. I know the Club for Growth apparently has some problem with Trump all of a sudden. I don't know about that. But uh, Sean Gale, we appreciate you so much coming on. Uh, best Thank to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You bet. Republican uh, running for Senate. Go to galeforsenate.com. G-A-L-E for Senate.com. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back. The greatest billionaire assault on election integrity we've ever seen. It was a partial takeover of the election system. You had an entire Democratic Party petrified. We can look straight in the eye at Mark Zuckerberg. That's why Joe Biden won. He's putting money under the guise that he's going to open up the election. That's all crap. Rigged. Now playing. It was a rigged election. People have to find out what happened. Hey, if the Republicans are going to take back the House in 2022, we've got to take back one district at a time. And we are taking a look tonight at the 22nd Congressional District, newly redrawn, by the way, in Florida. This is Southeast Florida, Boynton Beach, Palm Beach, West Palm Beach. Candidate for that seat is Bill Whelan. Welcome to Newsmax, sir. I understand you were a Wall Street trader for three decades now retired, and uh, welcome to Newsmax. How are you? Thank you for having me on, Greg. I am well. Thank you. Listen, and yes, 30 years. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. You're up against an entrenched incumbent by the name of Frankel. We'll get to her in a moment. But first, you got to convince people that you're the man. Why you? Well, it's really quite simple. 
I've got the experience and I've lived the dream, the American dream. I went from poverty to a very successful career. I've raised two children. I put them both into through college and I've had a good life thanks to America and America only. And they're taking that from us and I want to keep it in place. So I have the fight. I have the strategy and I could take Lois down. I am backed by the Republican Jewish coalition and we're going to take Lois down. All right. Lois Frankel is who we're uh, talking about. And uh, what's what's the problem with her? <laughs> Nancy Pelosi tells her to jump and she says, how high? Um, she's strictly a yes person. She's she's entrenched. She's been in politics for 30 years. She was the West Palm Beach mayor here and there was a lot of things going on there. She also was in the state house. And then from state house, she went to become uh, <clears throat> congressperson. So that's all she knows is politics. She is a trained lawyer, but she doesn't practice law, never did. So uh, she's just a simple hard left, do what I'm told, Pelosi uh, minion. Hey, she's got to go. If you get to the House of Representatives, will you be Donald Trump's congressman? Technically, uh, Mar-a-Lago, Palm Beach, would you be the man? Mar-a-Lago is in my district, and uh, I will be the president's congressman. And I've been there many, many times to Mar-a-Lago. It's a wonderful place. And we have a lot of events there. In fact, there I am with the president. Um, uh, So, yes, I want to be his congressman. But the truth of the matter is, Greg, I'll be anybody's congressman because I want to make a difference. And there's a way I'm going to do that. As you know, a freshman congressman goes up to Washington and the powers that be put you down in a basement calling for money. And you're dialing for dollars. That's all you're doing. I have already put together 15 freshmen uh, Republicans running running in their respective races and three sitting congressmen to put together a caucus and a coalition. And if we could add to that as time goes along, we'll actually have a voice. Fifteen other freshmen. You'll all kind of right. like be a team. All right. right exactly. Uh, sounds excellent. And then what is something like a personal mission that you have? You know, we all know about the national issues and you got the local issues, but is there one little thing that you'd like to fix that's been bothering you for a long time? Well, yes, we, we had a meeting, my 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 volunteers and I, and we were talking about the votes and you know how the Democrats made the playing field. It's their sandbox right now. And the playing field, you were talking about it earlier, is identity politics. OK, and for right now, maybe we have to play in that sandbox. But what I say to yeah. my people when I make when I make my speeches or I'm sending out emails is I want your vote, your vote, not your black vote, not your white vote, not your Hispanic vote. I want yeah. your vote, the American vote. That would be and nice. It's very important. Nice. It's, and well, we have to make a start. And if, and if I'm just one, we'll get it going. I like it. Bill Whelan. Keep an eye out for him. Bill Whelan for Congress dot com. Check it out. Whelan with two E's. Thank you very much. Three E's if you count them all up. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Thank you, Greg. Appreciate it. God bless you. Well, thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday.